0: Middle in each other 's business, so suggesting that Carter Page is a friendly presence to Russia in the trump campaign mm-hmm. then the amendment that would support lethal aid to Ukraine doesn't pass it 's blocked by the Trump campaign, but the plank promising to maintain and, if necessary, increase sanctions in russia states that remained that 's mm-hmm. in the platform. So I think what we're seeing is somebody in the campaign, namely Carter Page, who wants to give his friends in Russia what he can. And it's not very much.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what about Josh Marshall's point in Talking Points Memo? He says that Trump's most conspicuous foreign policy statements track with the positions that Putin cares the most about. Trump's suggestion that the U.S. and thus NATO might not come to the defense of NATO member states in the Baltics unless they
0: paid up. This is where we really cross over to conspiratorial thinking, because what Trump said was perfectly consistent with everything else he has said and everything else he has done in his life. This is a man who doesn't pay his debts. This is a man who doesn't honor his partnerships. He approaches politics in exactly the same way that he approaches business. And so he says, you know, why should we honor our obligations to see traces of Putin
1: there That's conspiratorial. It's good for Putin, but that doesn't mean Putin had a hand in it. Exactly. You think the media have totally missed the point, and you use a great metaphor to illustrate this. You wrote, imagine that your teenage child has built a bomb and has just set it off in your house. The house is falling down all around you, and you're blaming the neighbor's kid who threw a pebble at your window. So Trump's the kid with the matches and Putin's
0: the kid with the pebble? Yes. And the thing is, you know, your kid is still in the basement. He's building something even bigger. <laughs> whereas, uh, whereas the neighbor's kid, he just runs around the neighborhood throwing pebbles in everybody's window. I mean, we know he does that. It's fascinating to me, sort of, the psychology of this desire to other the threat. It's a very American thing to do somehow it becomes a little bit easier mentally to live with if it's other people. So you think that's why the Putin-Trump connection is such an attractive narrative for the media? I think so. It communicates things that sound credible. I mean, I also think that we in the media have a very difficult time using big, scary words for good reason. When the time has come to use the word fascist, to use the word homegrown fascist, which is actually the only kind that there is, we have a really hard time doing that. So this is a different way of communicating how terrifying we're finding Trump. But it's a bad way. It prevents us from seeing just how dire a threat Trump is. In the middle of the 20th century, there was a whole cadre of great European exiled thinkers, Eric Fromm, Herbert Moncuse, and Theodor Adorno. And I think the fact that they were exiles was very important because their imaginations were trained by what they had seen in Mussolini's Italy and in Hitler's Germany, that modern industrialized societies create the conditions for the rise of fascism. And at any time, a charismatic demagogue can come and use those conditions to rise to the top. And that is an existential threat to any democracy and to any society. You
1: say that this emphasis on Putin as a big influence on Trump derives from a lack of imagination.
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's say David Cameron, who, when he called for a referendum on whether Great Britain should secede from the European Union, he clearly did so because he could not. Entertain for one second the possibility that the Leave voters would win. And his failure of imagination led to a referendum that didn't have to happen. When we believe the unlikely and ignore the obvious, it is often a function of the failure of imagination. And I think that's also what's happening with Trump. I don't know. To me, it sounds a
1: lot more like denial.
0: Well, I think denial is another word for a failure of
1: imagination. You got to work strenuously to keep up a healthy denial.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. So I'm saying you're not doing enough and you're saying, oh, you're working really hard. (laughs) Uh,
1: You wrote that we don't want to see Trump as a, quote, thoroughly American creation. So what would it mean to embrace Trump as a thoroughly American creation?
0: We need to start imagining what happens if he becomes president.